The Office of Student Life and Leadership presents the Carolina Podcast. I'm your co-host, Everson Moran. And I'm Amalia Marmolejos. Let's, Let's get, get into, into the, the episode. episode. This week, we have the CEO and founder of Random Wines Bagels with us. Alex, if you go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. Thank you so, so much for having me on. I'm really, really excited and honestly flattered that you guys asked me to be on, so thank you. Um, my name is Alex Brandwine. I'm the owner and founder of Brandwine's Bagels. We are a small local business located in downtown Chapel Hill. We make authentic New York-style bagels, and more than that, we hope to provide a place that really feels fun and welcoming for everyone, from students to people that work here and live here in Chapel Hill. And ultimately, it's a place that just makes your day a little bit better. Um, that's what we're all about. So, yeah. Thank you so much for that. So we'll start a little bit at the beginning of your story, just so that everybody knows um, where you're coming from. So can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing? Where did you grow up? And how did you get into either either eating bagels or the bagel business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm from New York originally. I grew up just 20 minutes outside of the city in a suburb of New York City. Um, it's funny. I grew up eating bagels every single day um, to the point that when we opened up this shop, um, my fifth grade teacher actually messaged me on Facebook and was was like, this makes sense. You ate so many bagels uh, that it's funny that I got into it. So for me, bagels were always this just ultimate comfort food. And the craziness of my house just growing up, there's something just about bagels being thrown on the kitchen counter that just made everything better. Um, and that was sort of the through line throughout my life. I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison for undergrad. Um, really wasn't sure what to do from there. My mom worked in finance and really provided for me and my two sisters. And so I sort of fell into the same role thinking I could provide for a future family one day. And so I fell into that thing called investment banking and private equity and did that for about eight years living for in chicago for a little bit and then new york and then um ultimately um started finally realized that um that really wasn't the best place for me and so decided to come to chapel hill get an mba and um and through that somehow a, a bagel shop um came about yeah thank you for telling us about that um your path, your journey, but, um, you know, what did you graduate from? Uh, you said Wisconsin, Madison. Yep. That when, was in uh, 2011. Okay. And then you went, uh, eight years into, uh, investment banking, you said. That's right. And so okay. I was working those like 80, 90, hundred hour weeks that you hear about. And all the while I was, you know, pretty much blinders on, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. I never really even thought about what I wanted to do. I just thought this was a great sort of place to get experience, responsibility, um, and, and hopefully set myself up for um, whatever sort of lies ahead. But it, it always felt like I was jamming a circle into a square and sort of sitting in that cubicle, staring at that Excel spreadsheet, I started to realize that this wasn't the right place for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And I think that a lot of people can relate with this idea of kind of being stuck in a wheel and not knowing where to go. So how did you decide that this 
investment banking wasn't for you? And how did you decide where to go next? Because I know that some people can find that really scary and don't really know if leaving would be the right choice, even though that they know that they're kind of jamming this circle into a square type of thing. So um, I know that people would resonate with that and just want to hear how you got out of that circle or cycle of being in a job that you're not really exactly ecstatic about and how you got into something that you really love? Yeah, it's such a good question. And and I really want to be like transparent with you all. Um, it was really hard for me. I mean, everything you said is so true. Um, because on the outside, right, working in real estate, private equity in New York City and getting paid well and all the opportunities and things that come with it, all sounds really good on paper. Um, but deep down, I was not in a good place. And it was really scary to sort of leave that, that quote unquote safety net. Um, I was pretty lost, uh, admittedly. I, and I really wasn't sure what to do. Um, I was, um, I was sort of losing it. Um, I was scared. I, I just knew this wasn't a good fit anymore. And the stress of the job, um, was leading me to say that I needed to find something that was going to be more sustainable for my life. Um, I started talking with friends, with mentors. At that point, I was really ready to just do anything. Um, I had even thought about becoming a high school social studies teacher just because I loved being with people and, and honestly just wanted to feel like I was having some small connection or impact um, in the days. And so while at the job, it, it, it felt like, you know, I was just, again, on the 40th floor somewhere in midtown Manhattan, um, being with people just really resonated with me. And I actually met with my old high school social studies teacher and he, he put it nicely and said, Alex, you know, before you go completely off the reservation and start growing avocados somewhere in a field, um, try, try getting an MBA, um, and see what that's like. There are other ways to do business than the way you were doing it and, and, and go from there. So you seem to, uh, you know, rely heavily on, on not even just rely, but you don't take lightly the advice and lessons that other people, you know, give you or share with you, just for example, with your MBA. So, you know, going off of that, when you were getting your master's degree and eventually when you did, what are the key lessons that you learned during that period while you were, um, uh, getting that degree. Yeah, I think the big thing, there are two things again, like being fully transparent. Um, I'd say the biggest thing that I got from my MBA experience was my confidence back, um, and figuring out a lot about myself and what my interests were and where I, and where I wanted to be spending time. Um, but also just to take a breath and have a moment and have some patience. I'm definitely one that always wants to do everything. I'm, I would describe myself as super passionate, but sometimes that can get the best of me. And the MBA experience gave me a minute to sort of take a breath, um, try different things. I think a lot of people come into an MBA and think, you know, you've got to know exactly what you want to do, whether it's investment banking or consulting or marketing. And I would say that my first year was a lot of addition by subtraction of just trying things out seeing how it felt and continuing to try to get closer to, you know, a lifestyle and a life that felt closer to me. Um, the other lesson that resonates Everson is, um, is my, from my first day um, at UNC, Kara Capoli, the director at the time of the MBA program said to me, which stuck, stood out to me was, spend time in life doing things that are fun and that you're good at. 
And I had always tried to do things that were hard for me. And she said, if you're really good at hitting forehands when you're playing tennis, why don't we create situations so that you're hitting more forehands? And just because something comes easy to you, that's not a bad thing. Let's embrace that and find things that really fit well into you. And so that sort of lesson really stood out to me um, and finding things that really felt natural as opposed to things that just felt hard and, and, and challenging. Um, and that was also something that I, that I'll never forget. That's really interesting, especially because I feel like so often we're told that we shouldn't shy away from hard things and to do hard things. But I think really at the end of the day, um, there is a lack of emphasis on what makes you happy and what you think that you would be good at doing. And I think that's a message that will resonate with a lot of people, especially um, college students that are getting ready to graduate and like me probably don't know what they're going to do with their lives. So it's kind of nice just to hear that sometimes it's not as hard as trying to do the hardest thing possible and like fit yourself into a situation, but just doing what you're already good at when you're already happy doing. So that's that really resonated with me. Um, I wanted to also look at how you started to get into the bagel business. I feel like we took a really big 180 from your work in New York after college to starting this business. So what inspired you to start this business? How did it come about? Was it just a whim that you took or was this more methodically planned out? Um, yeah, it's so funny. Like the, the idea that this shop exists, by the way, like I still can't wrap my head around it. Like I still look at the logo and the shop driving in in the morning and it's, I have to like pinch myself because it's, it's still so, I'm so, so grateful and feel really lucky that it's here. Cause it's, you're right. It's such a 180. Um, I never in my life dreamed to be doing this, to be living in Chapel Hill um, or any of that. So I'd say it was, it was very slow going. Um, it was, every little thing was just like a little bit of curiosity. And like you said before, like having fun with something. Um, I loved bagels. I came down here. I was falling in love with Chapel Hill. And for me, it was really the people that made me think like there's, there's some opportunity here. Um, and then I couldn't believe there wasn't a bagel shop. It was like this ultimate combination of there's a business side of me that saw an opportunity to open up a business um, in Chapel Hill that didn't previously exist. And then a passion for myself of being with people going an inch wide and a mile deep in a place that I love. And so it was little by little um, on that, just the idea of it. On the bagels itself, I have to say I have zero baking food skills at all. Like the idea of going in a kitchen was absolutely terrifying for me. Um, that like the first time I rented space in a commercialist kitchen, I did it at, like 11 o'clock at night. So no one would have to like see me doing everything wrong basically. Um, and so it was little by little and it was, um, let's work on a recipe. And that was really fun. And let's start thinking like, does this make sense? Um, and, and go from there and do pop-ups and do caterings. Um, on like the more technical side, I had three questions for myself. The first question was, um, does anyone else want this but me? Um, and I, was I alone in that? And so was there demand for what, for this idea? The second was, how do you actually do it? Like, how do you actually work in a bagel shop and run a bagel shop? And so getting a job um, at a bagel shop was exciting for me just to see if I liked staring at a 500 degree oven for eight hours a day and 
turning around the corner and yelling out hot everything bagels. And then the, the third question was, um, from a finance perspective, like, did it make sense? Um, could this potentially lead to something that would create a lifestyle that I was looking for? Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, great questions to, to ask yourself personally, uh, but more into the logistics of it. You know, when you really started to hone in on this idea, what data or research uh, did you look into um, when you were creating your business? Um, it was really, there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, it was very, I'd love to say like, there's, there's no book on how to open up a, a bagel shop per se, but it was, it was calling and talking to a lot of people. So amazingly, like in this town, um, from advisors, professors, you know, classmates of mine that had been in the food industry, um, to the small business owners on Franklin street, like Paula Gillen's at Purple Bowl, Scott Maitland at top of the hill, like became so, so helpful. Um, Shaw Sturden at Gray Squirrel, like all these people started coming in. And as I presented the idea again, like it was the people here that were there to help. And so started to put together a framework of um, how many bagels did I need to sell in a day? And what did that look like? And was there demand for that out here in this market um, to start to see if, okay, can we sell this many number of bagels at this amount of money? Um, how do you manage sort of the seasonality of Chapel Hill, right? When students are here and are not. And and you start to put together sort of a, a pro forma of, okay, maybe this makes sense. Um, and here are some good examples of other bagel shops in other college towns. I think that was the biggest thing for me. In Madison, there was a bagel shop called Gotham Bagels. In Charlottesville, there's a bagel shop called Bodo's Bagels that does incredibly well. And they've been around for 30 years. And those stood out to me as, okay, in these sort of non-traditional bagel markets, um, this is working. And so there's opportunities there. And that was, that was sort of the, those initial sort of signs that, thought, that made me think, okay, maybe there's an opportunity. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And just going off of that, I know that you were talking to other small business owners. And just for all the business people that may be listening to this, what is your business model? And have you had to adjust it as time has gone on? Yeah, it's funny. Um, the business model, first of all, we signed our lease in on February 14, 2020. And so that was, uh, that was just a few weeks before the world went upside down. And so we, we definitely had to adjust our business model a little bit in terms of how we connected with customers and what that experience felt like. But my, my sort of core philosophy is to believe in brick and mortar and that people really enjoy connecting with people in whatever way that looks like, whether it's just us running out to their car to get their curbside delivery as quick as possible to them coming in and interacting with us, even with masks and, and glass and all the plexiglass and all that stuff. It's really about just having an interaction and a moment and experience. And that's really been key for me. The other part of the business model is we're, we want to be here for the long term, that we're not trying to win the day. And so by that is we're trying to build relationships. We're trying to go the extra mile. Um, we want to do the little things that, that make you feel special. And while that may not help us necessarily in that day's finances, 
Um, if we give away a free bagel, if we give you a refund, if we give you a gift card, or if we just see a look on your face that says a cup of coffee right now would just be awesome. Um, we encourage that for all of our team members to sort of use those natural instincts of what would, what would help you. And that's all done with the intention of hopefully building real strong connections that makes our place in this town a place that you feel um, happy and fun and safe and welcoming. And, and that's really part of the business plan, too. I love hearing what you said. I remember the first time I met you was at an event hosted by one of my colleagues named Jovan. Um, it's something called the President's Roundtable. By the way, if you're listening, check that out. I go to some meetings there on every other Tuesday. But besides that, I remember this specific quote, and I did write this down because I just heard you mention it. You said, I don't want to just seize the day. I want to build something that lasts. And that was very resonant. It resonated a lot with me. But then again, I had also mentioned during that meeting, I was like, wait, you guys just opened up in 2020? I feel like I've heard of you forever. I thought you've been here for decades. So, you know, you seem this is clearly working. And uh, for a small business like yours, I imagine that the pandemic wasn't light either. So, you know, speaking of building something that lasts, how did and how has this pandemic affected you and how do you want to come out of it as you know we're transitioning out of it um it, the first thing i think of is it actually like made me want to even double down more on our values because like our thing is like that that idea of connection and being here that lasts i I think the biggest thing is just being real. And I think the pandemic brought out a lot of like uncertainty and nervousness. And so for me, that led more to doing what we want to do, which is to be there for other people. But more than that, like the way to do that, I guess, is by being human and being real and being transparent and being vulnerable. And if we make mistakes saying, Hey, we made a mistake or, if we can do something better saying we're going to try to do this a little bit better next time and just being honest and letting people know that there's there are people back here that are really caring about you about each other and are doing the best we can i think the pandemic brought a lot of that out that allowed us to build even stronger connections that somehow like a bagel can just do that and so when it's done in a, a way that feels supportive and real and not just trying to you know i don't know I feel like a lot of other companies can go can go about it in different ways, and we try to just do it in a way that feels sincere. And so, um, I feel like the pandemic brought that out too. Yeah, I like the one to one um, connections that you're trying to foster between the community and your company. And I also wanted to ask kind of a more fun question, especially since I know that Everson said that his first bagel was when he came to UNC. What is it like coming into kind of the Southern biscuit culture and having to like, introduce people to bagels since it's not really a huge thing in Chapel Hill? And what is it like to just bring this new thing to Chapel Hill and try to get people excited about it? Yeah, and I'd love to hear like Everson's standpoint of like this introduction to bagels. But from my perspective, I I'm really excited, right? I feel like we're just hopefully growing um, this community by giving a you know another 
offering to the world, right? Of something that's different they haven't had before. Like I love biscuits as much as the next person too. Um, and it's really fun to share bagels and something that I grew up eating every single day with this town too. So it's been really fun to introduce bagels and, and things like smoked salmon and lox and whitefish salad. And we have this other thing called Bialis, which is this classic New York treat, which takes a bagel and instead of putting a, a hole in the middle, we put caramelized onions and we sort of glaze it with butter and, and salt and poppy seeds and it's just delicious. And so having the chance to introduce like um, things from, from my background to Chapel Hill and then get to learn about other, you know, Southern flavors as well. It's been, it's been really fun to play with too. You know, every, I've been to New York and there's these uh, bagel places that everyone tells you, you absolutely have to go there. And it's, uh, it's quite a, an experience. And I'm guessing you in some part want to replicate that one-on-one, -on -one, which you are continuing to do because it is an experience, no matter how busy they are, they still find time for you in a weird way to say, but, you know, here in Chapel Hill, people will tell you to go to Brandon Wines and Bagels. You are considered a local, um, uh, you know, uh, a success, a celeb here. Uh, and uh, how does that I don't impact? Know about that, but thank you. <laughs> What's that? Um, how does that impact the way you go about your life? I, it's so, I'm like blushing over here, but <laughs> I feel like we're, we're a baby. I feel like we're just starting and I'm like blown away. And that honestly like warms my heart. Like you wouldn't believe like, to be a place that feels accepted and people are excited about. Like, that's so cool because that's, what we wanted to do is just find is to find a home. Right. And for me personally, like above it all is to find a place that, um, you know, I love it here and to have connection and relationship with the people that live here, like means more than anything. And so in terms of how we run the business, I like the biggest thing for me is just making sure that I'm, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, but it's true. Like just, just being me. Right. And that's not perfect, but trying my best and working hard. And, and that's really what, and that's really what it's about. Cause I feel like if you, if you get away from that and you forget why you started this and for us, it wasn't to, you know, make billions and billions of dollars. I probably would have stayed in New York if that's really what the focus was. Um, but it was to find a place that, you know, I was excited to wake up and go to work and make, you know, we're not making the biggest impact in the world, but for me, like making your day a little bit better and, and having that moment is, is really special. And for me, that's, that's worthwhile. And for a long time, I was pretty confused. I always thought like when it comes to like picking your job, there's three considerations. There's um, the job itself, like the work you're doing, um, how much money you're making and the people. And I probably had that pretty confused for a long time. And for me now, the people and, and what I'm doing really trumps everything. Um, and I feel like when you're doing things that are fun and, and that excite you and you're there, like the money part will, will end up taking care of itself. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, I also wanted to ask while we're touching on you as this local celeb, as we like to mention, but um, just as a really young business owner, how do you think that influences how you um, how you interact with the market, especially this being a college town, and how you hope to continue to interact with students and um, bring a little bit more of the bagel culture to some young kids on campus? 
Um, it's a good question. I never thought about that. Like, um, I love being in college towns. Like, I fell in love with college towns when I was in Madison. And then um, in my previous job, we, we did um, some investing in student housing. So spent a lot of time in college markets. I love the energy and, of a college town. There's just this spirit and excitement and livelihood and like almost togetherness that sort of comes about. And I feel like Chapel has it in spades. And for me, it's really fun and exciting because there's always new things happening. There's always new ideas and you feel it in the shop from our part-time workers that are a lot of undergrad and some high school workers, like they bring new things, they bring more excitement and ideas. And I like, for me, like I feed off that tremendously. So um, I love being here in that environment. And that's something like I hope to like continue to engage and be a part of. So for me, the, the student aspect for me is, is super, super fun. You know, um, you, came into uh, the Chapel Hill area with an idea that I find to be open-hearted and true to you. And Chapel Hill kind of did the same thing back and opened their arms to you. And uh, it's it's a reciprocal uh, relationship and you see it all the time um, with the way people talk about your business and then what your business itself does when uh, you collaborate with the organizations on campus. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what you do and how that works? In terms of just our relationship with campus? And organizations on campus. Yeah, um, we want to support, like like we said, like being part of the community for me means it, it goes both ways, right? They're supporting us. We need to support them. And so we find a lot of different ways to do it. Uh, we've done almost naturally um, doing a lot of fundraisers for, for organizations on campus. Um, we, we almost naturally without, again, like there wasn't really a game plan or business plan. It was, this feels fun. This feels right. Like it just was hitting right of, um, supporting, um, local like nonprofits and organizations. So, um, the first ones that come to mind for me was like Camp Kesem, which is this, um, an organization that supports children. Um, whose parents have um, are suffering or have suffered from cancer, and they they run camps to support those students, those kids. And initially, we just sort of connected again, almost naturally, where we're there for one another. They're in the shop. They're helping me roll bagels and put them out there and sell them to support a cause. And it, and again, like it was just fun and a natural connection. And then from there, um, grew into this relationship where. Now we're doing a fundraiser Friday, every Friday, and we're donating 15% of the sales. And we wanted to do it in a way that, that felt right. And so whether you're there for the event or not there, or you come at any time, um, we take all the sales from that day and we write a check for that organization immediately. Um, and it's been, it's been really amazing. And so through that, I think we've donated over $25,000 at this point. Um, to different nonprofits in this town and, and for student organizations on campus. So things like that have just formed and the relationships are there. And again, it's the people behind those relationships where you form connections and you're building and you're learning and you're advising and you're talking. And it's, it's been really cool to, to get those opportunities from our standpoint. 
Yeah. And as we start to wrap up, I just wanted to ask if you had any advice for young entrepreneurs that are listening, who are hoping to follow in your footsteps and possibly start a business, what advice would you give them? And what would you hope um, that they take away from this conversation? Um, so even on the idea, like, I don't really even feel like an entrepreneur in some ways. I feel like entrepreneurship gets very formalized and almost makes the whole thing get very tight. I would say, like, have fun, like, be curious. Um, it's no different than when you were seven, year, seven years old and you go outside and you make up a game and play. It's the same sort of thing. Obviously, there's a little bit more thoughtfulness that comes around it as you, as you mature. But for me, they, like entrepreneurship and doing what you want to do, it can be fun. And if you trust something that feels good, that you're excited about and interested in, I feel like all the other pieces are going to come together. And the biggest thing is just doing something and leading to things that feel good, that excite you, that challenge you in good ways um, and around people that, that, that empower you too. And, and good things will start to come together. I know that sounds easier said than done, but little steps of listening to yourself and your gut of this doesn't feel right. And this does feel good and, and start to lean toward more decisions that, that feel good for you. Um, I'm a big believer in. Thank you for sharing that, Alex. Um, you know, you're, you're barely getting started, as you say, this business is a baby. And I wanted to give you the time right now to kind of plug, you know, where can people find you? Uh, and if you have any events coming up that you'd love to let the listeners know about. Sure. So we're right on the corner of Graham and Rosemary. So if you know where like IP3 and Alice Burgershek is, we're right down the road, down, right down Graham Street. Um, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. We're just starting to get into the TikTok game. So look out for that. Um, it's all Brandwine's Bagels. Um, but please, like, as particularly as being a student podcast, like I, if there's any way that I can help connect, advise, just chat, be an ear, whatever, um, please reach out to me. There's a contact button on our website. Um, feel free. I'm the one checking those out. So um, feel free to shoot us a note too. And then, of course, those fundraiser Fridays, they're great ways uh, to support um, small business, to support nonprofits. Give us a try and know that when you come in, 15% of whatever you're paying for is going to a good cause, too. And it's a great way to check out the shop. So um, Friday the 19th, we've got, we're doing a, a fundraiser Friday for Table, which is a great nonprofit organization um, supporting hunger relief in, in the area. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. Yep. Yeah, the feeling's mutual. Thank you, guys. Your questions are so great. It like, definitely like made me think, too, about how I'm approaching things. So thank you. Of course, folks, that is Alec, Alex Brandwine from Brandwine's Bagels, uh, making a star of our morning, lunch, and evening whenever you have the chance to try the bagels that they have. I wanted to thank you for coming on and we hope to speak with you soon. Definitely, thank you so, so much. I really enjoyed speaking with you and being on your podcast, so thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, take care, Alex. You too, bye.